It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. With us today is Ibrahim Bassett. He's with Immunicom. Ibrahim, thanks for being with us at The Talking Hedge. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Josh. How are you? I am doing all right. Um, you know, we, we met each other in Monaco. Uh, France is kind of a hot spot for COVID, and I'm, I'm getting over that. Uh, very mild, thankfully. Um, but... Uh, yeah, truck and ride along. Good to see you again. Um, for those that aren't aware of Immunicom, what is it? How'd you get involved? Okay, yes. Yeah. So the Immunicom is a late stage clinical oncology biotech company. And we've actually developed a subtractive therapy platform through which we capture cytokines or molecules that are not needed in your body. So your natural immune system can work you know, on certain stage four tumors. So for instance, Immunicom is actively doing clinical trials in three countries, um, that is in Europe, in Poland, Israel, and Turkey on uh, lung cancer, breast cancer, uh, brain metastases, a melanoma. And so what essentially the way it makes us a little different of a cancer company is we do not inject anything in your body. So if anything, we actually subtract targeted molecules so your immune system can work and um, we've done about uh, 67 patients so far over 2000 immunotherapy and uh, hopefully in the next uh, year and a half we uh, plan to get fda approval that's not an easy process Um, how long have you been in the works for for fda approval so we've actually done our pre-sub. Uh, we are our device. Uh, we call it the drug and a device combination. It's a it's a it's a medical device. So we've gotten an FDA breakthrough device designation uh, title already back in 2020. Which what that does is an FDA actually will be approving us for all stage four cancer. So it's going to be. Um, a life-changing technology coming into um, cancer. And we're able to actually, uh, we're looking at some very promising results in a lot of um, triple negative breast cancer. As Josh, you may know, uh, there's no cure for triple negative breast cancer at a stage four level. Um, So this is going to be a revolutionary breakthrough. And um, FDA, we plan to get approval in multiple tumors, multiple cancers, starting end of uh, 2023 onwards. Um, so we've already started the work. We actually have an FDA regulatory guy in our team at Immunicom uh, who's helping them get through it. Since our device is already approved to commercialize in Europe, so that actually gives us a little bit of an edge in terms of uh, data. So we have enough data to go to FDA to start our t- trials over here. You know, um, this is exciting, but but part of me thinks um, that this is just going to get shelved. You know, it seems like every time there's something where there is a cure for cancer, it gets back, it gets acquired, somebody purchases it, and then they just put it on the shelf. So um, humor me for a second and, and explain to me how you're going to continue to be in business and not run the same uh, path that a lot of other folks have gone down, where they're either... Uh, been discredited or had their um, their labs destroyed or just acquired and never never seen the light of day. 
Cause there is, there's, you know, when I, when we were talking in Monaco, I mentioned that there was a gal, there's um, a, a black woman, she's a doctor and her, um, her experiences in um, lasers, but then she used a telescope technology in order to isolate this. So if you're not using, uh, you know, a pharmacist, you know, like pharmaceutical products or, um, you know, petroleum byproducts, it seems like you're out of the loop you're, and you're going to be a target uh, by that um, mafia. <laughs> yeah. So how, how are you planning on staying in business and are you at all worried about those possibilities? So that's, that's actually a, a great question. And uh, that's something, you know, we, we've actually built a strategy. So this, this company is uh, the CEO of this company, Amir Jaffrey. He actually has over 25 years of uh, experience in the healthcare technology. And he uh, indeed was an ex-CTO uh, of Cardinal Health. So he actually used to look at these companies all the time and, you know, like looking at, you know, how it syncs with a particular model at Cardinal Health, reject or accept. So in order to answer your question, what uh, our therapy does is, so we've shown a proof of concept as a monotherapy, but not only that, we've actually done in conjunction with chemotherapy and immune checkpoint inhibitor drugs out there. So strategically, Immunicom is designed in a way not to get our neck cut off, uh, but actually to work in conjunction with already existing therapies and uh, technologies that are out there already. So that's where uh, we see it as an exit opportunity for um, one of the bigger farmers or medium-sized farmers to realize the potential of this technology and use in align with their already existing therapies. Because essentially, if you think about it, you know, if you take something out of your body and let your immune system naturally work, like you and I, you know, we've been able to beat COVID because of your immune system. So your immune system gets better and starts uh, acting on the tumor, which otherwise, you know, had been enough in the body where the doctors had told a lot of our patients that we get, the doctors have told them that you only have a few weeks to a month or a couple months live, a couple months to live. Um, so just go home, spend time with your family. And uh, one of our longest standing patients is still alive for 20 months. Now, if I, if I say, you know, I'm not going to name any um, a pharma company, but if I say, you know, initially the, the patient was not able to tolerate the, the, the toxicity of certain drugs, you know, still since they're actually already on the stage four uh, of their uh, cancer tumor growth, if they're not able to sustain the toxicity, toxicity, the doctors take them off of those medicines. But with our therapy, what we saw is in conjunction with the therapy, the toxicity level goes down. So now those drugs which were ineffective or the patient could not tolerate that treatment no more are becoming more effective with our therapy because we're capturing those cytokines that causes toxicity. So what that does is it, it gives an extension of life to the patient and the quality of life. Uh, you know, the, positive aspect of quality of life goes up the radar. We've had people, Josh, um, you know, who hadn't been uh, to work for the last three to five years, 
and um, they actually started going back to work. People actually started going back on the soccer fields, you know, and then started doing some normal day-to-day -day gardening. You know, if you look at the economic impact of that, you know, you probably may have a workforce that otherwise was going another direction, come back to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how is it that you're able to isolate it. It's very similar, I think, in, in nature to um, the gal I was mentioning, Dr. Hidaya Nicole Green. She became the first person to successfully cure cancer in mice using laser-activated nanoparticles. Um, what is exactly that you're doing to where people don't have to lose hair or have any other, you're not blasting the whole body, right, and kind of killing the patient at the same time? What is it about that your technique and why is it so unique? So, uh, so basically, uh, what what we do uh, differently is is like like I said, we have a subtractive therapy column or a platform through which we have our I don't I don't like the word, but you know, for the lack of a better word, secret sauce in it. It's the protein bindings. You know, it's like in the beads combination. For our lead product, if I were to go a little bit on a science side, you know, um, solid tumor causes a lot of uh, soluble tumor necrosis factor, STNFR1 and 2 in your blood that causes toxicity. But going back in the literature, we're not doing something that's not out there already. Going back in the literature says, you know, if you were to leach it with tumor necrosis factor, TNF alpha, you know, you can actually capture those uh, STNFR1 and 2. So what our column does is, is get attached to an apheresis system where we take in the plasma of a blood of patient into that column. And that column the, with the beat combinations of TNF alpha for a lead product, it captures only STNFR1 and 2. And then your plasma goes back into the patient's body. Mm. So what we do differently outside the body is we're only taking a target molecule and we build our small molecule protein combination in-house in San Diego, California. Uh, and within, with our R&D team, we build those and we try them in an R&D phase, do preclinical and then take it to the human level. Um, so every target that we want to target in the next four to five years, we are working on building that molecule that will help us only subtract that targeted molecule and the rest of your blood chemistry does not change. That's one of the reasons, you know, we do not have any side effects of this therapy. Interesting. There's a, there's a lot of folks who, who have used cannabinoids, uh, THC, CBD, CBG, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of folks, um, we'll try to, to incorporate that into their regimen in, in order to um, you know, feel better. So with this process that you're using, is, is, are there no side effects? I mean, you just said that, but it, essentially, we're, will people just not need anything? Um, you know, they don't need to, to use cannabis or otherwise in order to um, feel normal again? No, I don't. I think, you know, we're, we're always going to need cannabis. Cannabis is, uh, it's a form of uh, natural medicine, you know, that I believe 
can definitely make a difference into even a cancer patient body. Just, just to, to give you a little bit of context, since we're going to go a little on the, on the cannabis side, you know, I've actually also um, researched on cannabis for the last 10, 12 years, you know, as an alternate, you know, unconventional source of therapy or, you know, a treatment that does not have enough a lot of side effects that otherwise other uh, uh, any other drugs in the market do. Now I have an uncle who had an accident at a very early teenage of his time, which caused him epilepsy. And he's been on a major FDA approved drug for well, now he's about a turn about to be in his uh, late forties on that drug since his early teenage. And um you know, his uh, epilepsy episodes used to be quite frequent. And that's where I actually introduced, you know, a mix of cannabinoids, um, THC and CBD combination oil. As, uh, as my background, I'm an engineer by background. So, you know, an engineer mindset always comes in. And uh, I started just administrating him, you know, on his uh, epilepsy episode. And I kid you not, this guy who's been having all these episodes at least three to four times a month, you know, actually starting seeing once a month, you know, and then there came a point where he has every, every other month, you know, with, with, with consistency of the use, you know, in, in a limited um, capacity or a space, it, it drastically improved his condition. Mm with cannabis. And, and do you uh, attribute that to just the THC and CBD or are there um, terpenes with, within that profile that are, that are specific to um, uh, seizures that you know of? I, to be honest, Josh, I didn't, I didn't dig uh, that deeper, you know, uh, like I said, I actually, with all my research and some of my own experience, I actually, um, you know, did a few of these combinations at home. You know, I'm not going to lie, just to kind of see that works versus what you can get out of uh, a shelf. And I live in a state where, unfortunately, THC is still uh, considered, um, you know, an illegal uh, substance. So we have to either, you know, go to a state where it's um, legal and, um, but I didn't get to go deeper, dig deeper down into what exact terpenes would have helped his um, condition, essentially, which is, you know, reducing the duration of his epilepsy episode and then prolonging the duration at which it comes. Mm. Would you... Go ahead. Yeah. And then I had another one, uh, one of my uh, family friends, um, you know, she was very young, she's deceased now. Um, and she got a stage four cancer diagnosed, um, very late stage. By the time I found out it was very late, but I started doing the same thing with her. And her comments on that treatment was like, it definitely brings me to life. I know I'm going to die. But this has something changed you know, that, that pain or the torture that a cancer patient has to bear, you know, when they, they get the stage four brain cancer and it helped her until, until the day she died. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I didn't, I asked her to do a CT scan 
but I got really, uh, you know, we, we lost touch for a little bit to kind of see the difference. But the last time I had talked to her before she deceased, she said her doctor told her that her tumor stopped growing. Wow. Which could have been huge. Yeah. Do you think that there's um, any chance at all, if she were to use your technology coupled, you know, with cannabis, for example, um, you know, there's, there's uh, Rick Rick Simpson oil, for example, um, you know, where if somebody were to use a suppository with Rick Simpson, that's been, um, you know, there's anecdotal evidence that, that something as concentrated as this bypassing the liver through a suppository could in theory help. Have you heard of anybody trying that in conjunction with your, um, with your process and wondering if that would at all like double the uh, success rate. See, see, that's, that's essentially what my um, goal is. Uh, Josh is to get, first of all, you know, for me to be even uh, working with Immunicom, I am one of those people who has to strongly believe in what you do before you actually get into it. And for me, um, I don't know if you can see my uh, camera. Um, Mm-mm. But for me, uh, for me, it's um, I want this to be eventually be considered a standard of care for pa- cancer patient. You know, so once we get this FDA approved and this becomes commercially available for every person to uh, to utilize this, yes, that's my next goal moving forward. You know, uh, is to kind of do this therapy in conjunction with uh, the administering of uh, um, of of uh, cannabinoid um, um, products and derivatives. And for that instance, I'm already working on building my uh, platform. That's actually one of my uh, part-time hustle or gig or whatever you want to call it, where I'm trying to research the best um, CBD Delta 8 companies and some with the THC Incorporated you know, backed by research and lab testing, I'm bringing them onto a single platform and then go out and market and get into, get accessible to places where we may think there's still a big chance and an education and outreach that needs to be done, you know, to change people's mindset. So I'm actually already working, uh, building, a platform on that. I don't know if I, I showed you that in Monaco or, um, you know, I'll be more than happy to share that as well. Yeah. How can people, um, participate? You haven't gone through FDA approval yet. So are there some kind of um, exemptions or exceptions that, that people are allowed to, um, that you're allowed to make in order to um, help some of these people. Like I know that's a long process. How do you how do you start um, now rather than later? So what we're that's that's one of our, our part of our prep program and what we call it as the master protocol pivotal trial studies. So we are actually planning on going into multi sites across the U.S. and we're going to be. Um, hiring patients for these preclinical uh, uh, clinical trials. So that's already, the, that process has already started uh, underway and we will soon, you know, um, disclose our partnerships along with some universities and hospitals across the US 
Right now, I can say this much that we are about to start a trial in Baylor College of uh, Medicine with, uh, we got a grant, a small grant with NIH to start our trials. And we're going to be looking into her negative uh, breast cancer. And um, so that's, uh, I think, like people who would want an immediate access to this technology or therapy probably would have to come away on the clinical trials mm. because we, we can't legally go and sell this to anybody without FDA approval. On it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys will be um, out and about. I know Seattle has a ton of cancer research center, the Children Cancer Center and um, Fred Hutch and everywhere else that's, that's up here. So hopefully you guys will be able to expand fairly quickly. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to give you a little context of, you know, so you also kind of understand is the summary of immunocom essentially, you know, this is basically essentially a column and where we just subtract you know, what's not needed in your body. And this column gets attached to an aphorasis system that can be found in all major hospital clinics, immuno-oncology infusion centers. So the only difference between this or, or, or like a drug is a drug comes in an infusion bag and this comes out of a column, which is disposable. And it's very affordable, you know, as compared to chemo or any other uh, cancer therapy out there in the market. What, what does that mean, affordable? How much are you talking about? I'd say, you know, so we, we do expect a patient to go through this therapy at least uh, 48 times. That's spread out over 16 weeks. So we ask a patient to come three times a week and for 16 weeks. And each column, I would say, you know, on a wholesale level, don't quote me on this, but it's just a rough estimation. I think it's going to be, it's going to go around seven to $800 on a okay. wholesale yeah, that, that's right. total for six, 16 weeks or is that no, no, that's per, per session per session, gotcha. but that's just the column cost. You know, there, there's going to be associating costs and everything, but mm-hmm. we expect this therapy for the amount of 48 weeks to be, we're trying to keep it somewhere, you know, within, within, no, within a very reasonable amount. That's not even close to chemo. And insurance would eventually pick this up after FDA approval. So that's, Yes. So that's, that's what we're working on currently in Europe. As a matter of fact, it's already gone for limited commercialization. And then we're looking, we're working with the governments and the hospital systems in five countries in Europe to uh, do a code for these for immediate reimbursement by insurance. Is that an easier process getting approved in Europe versus the FDA? Uh, I, I think uh, it, I would say it is, but Europe is getting much, much stricter. You know, they've recently launched a new MDR uh, medical device regulation where everybody has to register there. They are uh, picking back up, you know, in, with, with, in a line to F, uh, FDA. But uh, generally, I would say, yes, it's a little, what do you call it? You can get patient population. It's also for us as an immunicom, it was a matter of, you know, who believed in us first and gave us an opportunity to go and conduct trials, mm. you know, because we started off with grants and money, uh, money wherever we could get some sponsor trials is where we went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this also works for, do, do I see canines on here? You, 
able to yes so we did our so preclinical trial was done on dogs yes we got very good uh, results and that's another you know kind of a branch off uh, we haven't we we could have taken it away even for 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 animals as well because we we have really good dog data um, on on our column and we actually saw not only not only the certain solid tumors we were targeting, we actually saw a reduction in brain metastases, meaning the brain tumor actually reduced. Uh, among around 75% patients that we did, live patients that we did, came out with 75% reduction in brain metastases, which itself is huge. There's no cure for brain metastases. A lot of the patients, you know, stage four, or later, you know, they end up dying because of brain metastasis, not because of their original solid tumor that they were suffering with. Do you have a personal opinion, maybe not backed by research yet, but do you have a personal opinion as to why more dogs are getting mast cell tumors and why cancer is so prolific now than it was just a couple of decades ago? I, if, if you were to take my personal opinion, I think the last we've changed a lot, you know, as a whole world, right? Like we have evolved so much and that has also introduced a lot of the issues and problems that we did not see it coming. You know, I come from an energy background, you know, but I also believe in global warming. You know, we, as a human, you know, we have, uh, we're wasting so much, you know, that eventually is affecting not only the environment, but also these um, animals and dogs. So cancer develops over time, but something causes cancer, you know? So going back at it, I think it is an evolutionary uh, circle that we were coming through, you know, with this age of technology, because everything has its good and bad. Um, and uh, technology, and then we're moving so fast and have as good and bad. So I think that the environmental factor definitely, definitely impacted an increment of uh, a lot of these um, cancers in animals as well. Hmm. All right. If people want to hear some more information, get a hold of you and, and try to uh, get on a waiting list or whatever, um, where are you at and, and how can people get a hold of you? So we are, um, we are based headquartered in San Diego. We actually have a big office space in Houston, Texas. I am based in Houston, uh, but our R&D team is in San Diego. And if people want to get a hold of us, you know, I'll be more than happy to share our um, more information with them. You know, they can reach out to me via email or my phone number is also there. Okay. All right. And, uh, I'll put uh, your LinkedIn contact in the show notes as well. But perfect. I think with that, we're going to have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guest, Ibrahim Bassett. He's with Immunicom. Ibrahim, thanks again for being on the Talking Hedge. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.